hello, fuckers. No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we can do that. I don't know. I think we can swear on the podcast, but not that. Not at the audience. (laughs) Not right at the beginning. Um... What's up, fellow gamers? Welcome to Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die. Not a threat. Just a fact. We are the podcast for someone. For the extremely online. My name is Val Flight Cub, and I'm Peachman Inquiry? (laughs) I'm Matt, uh, also known as Smooth Bernie. Just the smoothest Bernie you have. I want a smoother Bernie than you could possibly imagine. And I'm Matt. I'm uh, Michael Bolton. John Bolton. Everyone's not the singer. God, he's still in the White House, huh? <clears throat> Let me Google this. Where is Sam and his super loud keyboard? Okay, no, no. I have. A, I see an article that's saying, "Is John Bolton getting ready to take down Trump?" The answer is no. No, he's definitely <laughs> no goddamn way in hell. Yeah, no, he he did quit. Yeah. Uh-uh. Right, and I think I think that was like a, a tr- he did a I'm gonna quit, and then Trump did a You can't quit, you're fired. Mm. That was like the whole bit with him. Uh, apparently, he wants to make a pack next. Great. So, you know, the, the good place to, for all of those kind of people to go. Ghoul City. It's good. It's good to me. I do like the influence of money in politics. Don't we all? I love it. I love the more money in politics, the better. Speaking of, Bloomberg's running for president. Didn't we already know he was running or was that a different New York mayor? I don't know. Uh, he is running. Uh, I don't like it. Yeah. I hate it. Deval Patrick also joined. Which, yeah. Who? But... Did, okay, are these all these people joining just because the because Bernie and Elizabeth Warren are too far to the left and they need to bring some sense to the Democratic Party? God. By sense, do you mean centrists? No, I mean sense as in, like, pennies. <laughs> oh, the money. Very we don't nice. have those, but, you know. We don't have any sense, and soon we'll not have any pennies. <laughs> uh, oh. Oh, gee. Anyway, yeah, we're really showing how much we're keeping up with stuff this week. <laughs> Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it'd be like that. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's start with the most important, I think, relevant to the world uh, development that has happened. Elon Musk made a new car, and it's Elon Musk made a new shitty car, and it's It's somehow even worse than his existing shitty cars. How many polygons would you say take to make Um, this car? The number of polygons on that car could be achieved with the Super FX chip on the Super Nintendo that was used for games such as Star Fox. Yeah, it looks like a Star Fox car. It it looks like a Star Fox car. It looks like the Landmaster when you, when you, like, when you, when your ship converts into the Landmaster. That's, like, what it looks like. That sounds pretty cool when you say it like that. Yeah, fuck, if it's, if it's the Landmaster, I actually might be obligated to Stan. But here's The thing about this car is, it's indestructible, and also, that's a bad trait for a car to have. 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> if you get in an accident, you want your car to crumple as much as possible. Yeah, basically, <laughs> if the car is indestructible, you're going to be just shittered by whiplash. You're gonna, yeah. the, the car's gonna stop full force, it's gonna be unharmed, and you're just gonna get sluiced in half by your seatbelt. Yep, yeah. Like, you're just gonna be cut into three distinct chunks. <laughs> One triangular chunk in the middle. Three polygons. It's to fit into the, the Tesla brand body bags, which are much yeah. smaller and more useless, because that is how that is how all things are designed with Elon Musk, is smaller and more useless. They're duffel-shaped, yes. Um, but yeah, all really summed up by the tweet of friend of the show, Carl Nightlife Mingus. Sometimes you log on and an enormous dipshit has made a stupid car. <laughs> yep. I just, I really like thinking about in the early days of the podcast where it was just like, yeah, Elon Musk seems like a not that bad billionaire. Right. Because he hadn't <sighs> done anything yet. And now we all just hate him so much and we hate his car. It's so fucking dumb. It's bad. It's, it's somehow dumber than the loop, which is already dumb. Oh and my it's dumber God. than his stupid goddamn tunnel, which is somehow not the same thing as the loop. Oh, shit. I saw a really bad take earlier in the week on the internet that was like, uh, is Elon Musk the first billionaire that's also a shit poster? Ugh. I mean, yes. Probably. He wishes. He wishes. No, and I also, I think that that goes to, um, Moot. Is Moot a billionaire? (laughs) Is he not? I don't think Moot's a billionaire. I don't think 4chan made him that much money. Wait, 4chan? Who's the Minecraft guy? Moon, oh, that's Notch. Notch. Oh, yeah, he might be a billionaire. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Yo, he's definitely a billionaire. He sold for more than... He sold Minecraft for a lot of money. Um, mm-hmm. And he also just sucks. So, like, the thing about shitposting... Shitposting is, is a theoretically noble art, but mm-hmm. just by the virtue of what it is, most people who are shitposters are bad people who no one wants to talk to or see or do anything around. Well, there's mm-hmm. shitposting, and then there's, like, uh, shit spacebar posting, which is, like, what? Uh, Elon Musk and Notch. Yeah, just, yeah, just some shit yeah, posting. Their posting's just shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, also known to the youths as cringe posting. They are posting mm. cringe. They will lose subscriber. Or, yeah. in the case of Notch, they will just lose all claims to Minecraft. <laughs> they they stop putting his they stop putting his name on it because they don't mm-hmm. legally have to. Yeah, <laughs> just so fucking good. Like not to not to stand Microsoft or anything, but it's good. <laughs> so the other thing about this car, it's not only indestructible um, and stupid looking. Uh, the windows were supposed to be like smash proof, and during yeah. the demonstration, Elon's like, "See," and he took a big hammer to it and smat and just they. Fucking it wasn't broke. him. It was like a demonstrator, wasn't it? I thought it was someone else. Oh, yeah, way. yeah, yeah, yeah. But then Elon had to stand in front of it yeah. with the smashed windows for the rest of his presentation. And they were using a low-impact mm-hmm. hammer, too. Yeah. Like, if they were using, like, a, a pointed sledge, the kind of thing that you're supposed to use to break windows, that would probably be have been a better demonstration. Yeah. But instead, they used a hammer that's, like, literally meant to, like, blunt impact. Yeah. And hit the window with it, and it shattered worse than a normal window. Because the thing with, like, car side windows is that they're meant to not, like, to shatter into a bajillion tiny pieces so right. that you don't get, like, a shard of glass in your eye. Right. They're supposed to, it's... And so you can escape if you need to escape. Right. It might look it might look less cool, but all of the ways that cars are destroyable right now are on purpose. Yeah. And like <laughs> But this man is so fucking stupid and he's never done anything good in his life. Actually, you know what? Okay, I'll give him I'll give him SpaceX, but even then that's a giant like SpaceX is still shitty. SpaceX yeah. was misused. Yeah, it it could have been really cool. But like well, I mean still it's still some of what it does now, which is like doing refueling for like the International Space Station under contract is good. 
because it, it lowers the price of space travel in general. Um, which for like research purposes is important, but everything else he's done has been stupid and he hasn't actually done Tesla because he bought Tesla and he bought the rights to call himself the founder of Tesla. <laughs> like the people who he bought it from are under wow. like a non-disclosure agreement and aren't allowed to refer to themselves as the founders of Tesla. Wow. Because <laughs> that's how much of a fucking egomaniac he is. I didn't know that. Oh my God. I learned this this week and it makes so much fucking sense because I knew he, I, I'd known that he bought Tesla, mm-hmm. but I didn't know like to how it worked. Like, to what extent? That is extremely Edison of him. Yeah, no, very Edison. Which like, you know, yeah. you run Tesla, you can't be an Edison. <laughs> I also saw, did you guys see the tweet about the person being like, this interview is, is wild with uh, Elon Musk and he's talking about how the uh, Cybertruck doesn't have a brake pedal? It, it what? <laughs> so, so it, 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 it turned out to be fake, but okay. how believable is that? Yeah, that, that like, is so believable. Well, because well, he's obviously designed a car and gone, the way they do it is stupid. I'm going to reinvent a car. I'm going right. to make it indestru- indestructible. Well, I mean, it, it just reminds me of the fucking, um, the fact that there's, like, games you can get installed on your Tesla uh-huh. dashboard. <laughs> and that's a real thing. That's God. real. You can have games installed in your fucking car in the front seat. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, like, Celeste and shit. Oh, my God. Like, they're, like, real-ass games that take concentration. <laughs> Ugh. It's like, have you seen that, the 30 Rock episode where they're they're trying to... Um, create a, a microwave that's, like, different from all other microwaves and they accidentally make a car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what I always think of is um, the episode of The Simpsons with his brother where Homer designs the car with three horns that all play La Cucaracha and it looks like a spaceship and it costs $80,000 in, like, 1992 and it bankrupted his brother. And, like, he's the mind of Homer Simpson with the money of Herb Powell. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who is played by Danny DeVito. Ugh, good. I know, right? Danny DeVito, one of the last true comrades left. Danny DeVito is extremely Word. a good man. I listened to an interview that he had with, um, he was on Mark Maron's podcast, and he was talking about growing up, and, like, when he was a kid, he was, like, a he, he was a hairdresser. He worked for his sister, and, like, he, like, grew up in the Depression, and, like, oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's old as shit. I always forget how old he is. Yeah, he's super old. <laughs> he's, yeah. He's older than he's older than Bernie. I'm pretty sure. I think so. He loves Bernie, also. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I always yes. just think about. Um, I, I think about one. There was like it, it was. It was he just like goes to like um, institutional racism seminars and then just mm-hmm. doesn't talk the whole time. He just listens the whole time. And this is just a thing he does for like just good times around LA. That's amazing. Another th- and then I just think about um, on the. On the set of Matilda, he, him, and uh, and Ray Perlman, Ray Perlman were like uh, like taking uh, Mara Wilson into their home because her mom was sick at the time that they were filming that movie, mm-hmm. and like he basically like just like <laughs> was like her dad during that. Yeah. So like, Danny DeVito rules. He's he so much unlike Elon Musk, who sucks and no one likes. Exactly. Except Grimes, <laughs> who also sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real shame about Grimes. Real. I let, let's be honest. I think of like if I mean this may be the last podcast of the year. Uh, like Grimes t- taking anti-imperialist out of her uh, Twitter bio when she started dating, dating Elon Musk is like the best moment of 2019. Yeah, that's a real, that was a real encapsulation of everything. 
other oh, than wow. the story about her and her then boyfriend taking a trip down a river with a bunch of chickens and then all the chickens got sick and then they got like a disease <laughs> on there and she had to stop the tri- trip because all the chickens died. Oh my god. <laughs> that's the other thing that's just like, wow, you sure were just like a rich Canadian art school student, huh? <laughs> um, as a correction, Bernie Sanders is three years older than Danny DeVito. Okay. Um, but anyway, oh. they're comrades and they're brothers. Yeah, no, they're related. They're, they're related to each other. They're, <laughs> they're, they're the same. They're actually the same person. Mm-hmm. One is just shorter than the other. Um, yeah. Grimes also like recently said, I saw a headline that said she thinks that live music will be obsolete soon. Yeah. Which is just an sure. incorrect take. <laughs> I just do you mm-hmm. do you fundamentally not understand the kind of people who still pay for music cuz they're the only pe- only reason oh that God. she still has money. Yeah. <laughs> what, how, what part of that is why would that go away? It's going to it's going to become all VR. Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of like earnest belief I feel like Grimes would hold. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, man. Yeah. VR. She thinks about things in a very weird way that mm-hmm. I don't fully understand. Yeah. I just I still like her music though. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, Elon Musk made a dumb, shitty car, like usual. Everyone should invest in public transit and trains. Mm-hmm. And trains brings me on to my next topic. Hmm. Fucking nice. transition, baby. Nice. CN Rail, <laughs> Canadian National Rail, is currently on strike, and all government agencies and news organizations are being incredibly fucking normal about it. <laughs> Um, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna bring up a, a blog that I follow called All the Canadian Politics. So this isn't, like, a news organization or anything, but it's just, like, it's kind of like us, where it's, like, let's make a simple version, a simpler version of the news for people to follow along to mm-hmm. when, you know, things get all jargony and shitty. So this ask, uh, this person asked the blog, why are CN striking? So much of the country and our exports and home heating and agriculture in Quebec are up in the air. It seems selfish. CN is already a pretty good company as far as others go in terms of benefits. Um, I hope they reach a deal or just stop. I support labor rights, uh, but at this stake, it's about balancing goods in the philosoph- in the philosophical sense. But in this economy? But in this economy, can we really support labor? Workers' rights? Who's paying for that? Yeah, so, like, um, I don't know if you guys um, have heard of the Lac Mégantique disaster. Nope. Okay, so this wasn't something with CN Rail. It was with a a different rail company that was operating on old CN corridors. But basically, the long and short is that railroads used to have a crew of, like, four to six people between Mm -hmm. the engineering car and the caboose of the train. And steadily, as essentially workers' rights have been steadily eroded, they have brought down some trains to one-man crews. Oh, my God. And these crews work, like, insanely long hours and have to manage so many different safety things all together. So what happened with the Lac Megantic disaster is that there was um, two different braking systems, one which is, like, electronically charged and one which is... Uh, like manual pulled brakes that you have to set on each car. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hadn't set enough of the manual brakes and the air brakes since the train was turned off because it had caught fire. Oh my God. The air brakes weren't charging and then failed half an hour after the fire went off and no one was there because the one crew member was away from the train. And this car went backwards down the tracks and derailed in the downtown of a city and exploded, killing dozens of people. Oh my God. Jesus. And this was like, this was a big news story in Canada. Um, it didn't make it as far elsewhere, except for like 
like the American hawk lawyers that all showed up to try to um, glom onto the cases that were coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that's how people are. Yeah. Like literal, just literal ambulance chasing was going on a lot after this happened. And basically what they want to do is prevent this from happening at CN Rail. <laughs> like, yeah, they that want... sounds like a reasonable request. You don't, so, like, you don't want to see it? Yeah, so the, the, uh, the response from the blog... It seems selfish to fight for basic health and safety protections. No economy is worth more than the people that actually run the economy, i.e. the workers. If they cannot do their jobs safely, then the train should not be running. Um, So the union says they are concerned about dangerous practices, including the requirements that workers operate trains alone. So they are doing that at CN. From the outside of the train, hanging on to moving trains with one hand while operating a remotely controlled locomotive with the other. God, what? Railroaders are expected to do this when it's raining. And for distances up to 17 miles, they are conserved fatigue because they often have to do, like, back-to-back kind of shifts with less than, like, nine hours over, uh, between them, which mm-hmm. is, like, the minimum levels in most provinces in Canada. Shh. They've identified fatigue as a major safety problem and as a contributing factor of more than 90 investigations since 1992. Wow. And then a, a CN Rail worker said he typically gets a two-hour notice to go and work a round-trip shift that can last as long as 42 hours. One shift. One shift. This is trains. Shouldn't it have to be illegal to be, like, forced to do hard physical labor and to operate, like, heavy machinery or a vehicle on one, like, at the same time in one job? You'd fucking think so, but, like, (laughs) what's basically, what it comes down to is that these protections have been, like, weakening and weakening and weakening for years. The union has been in talks for, like, eight months because their contract expired earlier this year. And they have been at an impasse for like a really long time. And basically, what happens is every like uh, the conservative leader that um, like gained a lot of seats in the last election, Andrew Scheer, was saying that Justin Trudeau should recall Parliament early and force back to work legislation because what basically the they want the government to intervene oh to bring the uh, to bring the strike to an end on the side of the companies. Yeah, on the side of the companies, of course, um, because they because this is a vital service. But you think. If it's a fucking vital service, then you should pay the people doing it better. Yeah. Like, they should be making so much more money. But the problem is, like, these are, like, privatized organizations of things that used to be national projects. So the government doesn't actually have any control over them anymore. Yeah. Wow. Who could have thought? Yeah, and the owners don't give a shit. They make too much fucking money, um, like, reducing the staffing so much. Like, imagine having to go from six people staffing a car to, like, three robots and one person who has to work, like, 42 hours by himself. Like, yeah, they get good pay rates, but it's not worth it for the amount of work they're doing. I used to work at a pharmacy, and the way that the pharmacy shifts worked, there was only ever one pharmacist on staff. Like, Mm -hmm. per day, there was only one of them, so they couldn't really take a lunch break. And I thought that was inhumane. Like, fucking running a train? A train! A train. One train per person. One person per train. It's bonkers. Um... But yeah, no, if you want to know more about train operations and the Lac-Megantic de- disaster, um, I'll listen in for my Lightbringer, because I have a good one this week. Is it a train disaster? It's an it's a podcast episode <laughs> about the train disaster. Okay. Uh, it's good to know. Oh Even though it wasn't about the CN Rail Strike in particular, it really brought into sharp relief like exactly how all of this works mm. and how these kind of mistakes can happen. Because like, it's almost always cost-cutting at the administrative level. Yep. That is the cause of every major disaster. Everything, even fucking terrorism, is cost cutting at the at the national level. <laughs> you do you have these like reports and things are known and it's like no, we don't want to spend the money to deal with this, and then something yeah. happens. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. literally fucking nine eleven. They knew about it. They were told. 
They didn't do anything. Oops. Oops. Funny how that went. Big oops. All solidarity to the striking CN rail workers. I know a couple uh, of people who work in the railroads because that's like pretty bread and butter thing for people who come out of Sudbury because we're on the confluence of two major rail lines. And so, yeah, hopefully they can get a better deal. And if Justin Trudeau forces back to work legislation, redacted, redacted, redacted. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a public space. Redacted, redacted. Fuck you, Justin Trudeau. <laughs> yeah, I've been really glad that the NDP has been very good on this and have not been uh, trying to argue for back to work legislation because um, like that's the liberals have been so bad for it. The liberals, both in Ontario and federally, have been huge on back to work legislation. Uh, they've done it for teachers strikes several times before. They'll do it for large labor strikes all the time. Like they are one of the they're probably one of the worst left left in heavy scare quotes parties for for labor in the world. They're so bad. It's so ridiculous. If the people that are striking are striking for something that is essential, like that's more leverage for them. That's the whole point. Mm -hmm. That's literally the point. Yes, that is what a strike is for. Like, yeah, we need you to get back to work. Like, yes, exactly. If you're going to put in, if you're going to intervene in that situation and end the strike early. Give them more. Make it because people can do their job and live at the same time. Yeah, but more (laughs) likely the the liberals are probably just going to figure out a way to get CN Rail some scabs. Because that is generally how it goes. Gross. Better things aren't possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is what they are chanting yeah. every single day at the liberal conferences. Yes. <laughs> I was just going to finish with the next point that I have on the doc. Ah, uh, yes. Which is, it's a poll from Polling Canada. Oh, the tweet, the Twitter is Polling Canada. It's from Environics, who are a polling firm in Canada. X has too much influence in Canadian politics. Tech giants, 66%. The wealthy, 66%. Large Canadian corporations, 64%. U.S. government, 59%. (laughs) Unions, 34%. Hmm, wonder what the real problems that we should be facing here are. Guess it's unions. Gosh. Yeah, someone help me budget. My country is dying. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, like, one of the things that the government is using to try to, like, you know, leverage them to force back to work, because they're just like, we should, you should be forcing a deal through because, like, Quebec isn't getting enough, like, propane and stuff, which is all moved by rail, to literally heat their homes. Mm -hmm. And Alberta is saying, basically, like, well, we have what you need if you get a pipeline, but it's like, Alberta rejected the National Energy Program in the in the 80s and said, let the Eastern bastards freeze in the dark. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. So they rejected that because they wanted full sovereign control over their oil reserves and then are mad that they can't get pipelines through. So Alberta being themselves as always. Great. Well, we also actually, we do have a, another pipeline related story. Oh, goody. Yeah, which is that um, the thing that people were protesting about um, happened. Oh, yes, yes, the Keystone Pipeline. Keystone Pipeline. Uh, Yeah, not only leaked, but uh, is being reported to have been 10 times worse than originally thought. Yeah, because they initially reported the news story with with only what they could see on the surface, basically like with overhead view. Mm Mm-hmm. And they reported that number, and then they apparently just, like, you know, issue, they just put a, a sudden, a, a little correction on their site saying, oh, it's probably actually ten times worse because it's fucking wetlands. God. You can't just drop oil into wetlands and expect it to only be surface damage. Ugh. It's, like, it's so stupid. And so, like, naturally, like, no, there was so very little immediate news follow-up until people, like, you know, noticed the report was different. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, it was ten times worse. These are these are always the numbers we had internally. We just we gave out an estimate to the press before. Uh-huh. That looked made us look really good coincidentally. 
Yeah, exactly. It made us look really nice because it was like, yeah, it's like two football fields worth. Don't worry about it. But no, it was significantly more than that. And also deeper because there's like, you know, deeper ecological impact of, you know, putting oil in a wetland. Mm -hmm. As if two football fields worth isn't a lot. As if that isn't a lot. Yeah, no, it's a lot. A drop of leak is too much. Because that's just, that's surface area. That's not depth. <laughs> right. Gross. And so, yeah, the the water protectors were right. Who you, who you knew that people who are referred to as water protectors are probably right about the possible damage that this could deal to the water tables. Hmm. Interesting. It really, really makes you think, huh? So uh, what I think is that the Canadian government should force through more pipelines so we can move more oil. Yeah, I think that too. I think we should definitely just keep doing everything like we were going to do um, and not change anything. Yeah, and bring all those oil jobs back that have been lost to automation because that's how jobs work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. really funny. There was a, an episode of the Alberta Advantage about oil propaganda lately because um, that's that's most that's a lot of what they cover as an Alberta-based podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, when you look at like public meeting statements of oil executives and the like, they basically understand that the world is moving away from oil and that they're going to have to start investing in green architecture and whatnot, but they push propaganda that makes oil seem like the most important thing in the world to keep their stock price up until they're going to leave the entire, like, you know, province of Alberta, every single worker in Alberta high and dry and leave them for something else. The soon, the second it becomes more profitable for them to do so. They're just going to, they're going to ride this wave as long as they are capable of doing so. And they will push as much propaganda as necessary to extend the length of that wave. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I read an article recently that said, um, coal, the coal industry has known that it's bad for the, like, CO2 emissions um, and are bad for the economy, economy, for yeah. the uh, environment since... You're really thinking like a politician now. <laughs> um, the coal industry... Since the 70s. Yeah. And they just did nothing about it. Uh-huh. Imagine if we just lived in a world where, like, you know, they had souls. And at that point where they knew about this problem, they, you know, did something. Wouldn't that have been nice? Yeah. It's, Imagine how clean the fucking air would be. Like, these companies think of things as like, well, this isn't going to cost very much, or this is going to be, you know, it's going to be cheaper this way, or it's going to make us more money. Like, why isn't, uh, why doesn't human life have value? That's capitalism, baby. Like, <laughs> like, oh yeah, this will only, this will be cheaper, but also four people will die. But it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. It's not cheaper then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's basically like they they have they weigh human cost against money and they go for money every time. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz the human cost isn't their lives. They're not the ones being affected by this. Exactly. Or at least they're not on the macro scale because they have so much money that essentially rich people will be able to run from climate change a lot longer than everyone else will. Right. It won't be forever, but it'll be longer. It'll be long enough that they'll fucking die. Yeah, because they're all fucking old. Maybe one day they will literally every single one of them go to jail, though. Maybe one day. Maybe. Maybe one day. If things are nice. If Jeremy Corbyn is elected, he's going to personally behead an oil executive every single day. Yeah. In the, in the center in the center of London. Yeah. Good. He's going to open Glastonbury Festival with it, I heard. <laughs> Just right on the stage. Yeah. Guillotine. <laughs> Dude, the guillotine would be the biggest draw of any festival. <laughs> Just wait for that drop. <laughs> Get it? Scott, Matt, would you like to update us on the UK politics? Yeah, the Britain situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, um, quite exciting week because Labour launched their manifesto. Mm. Um, oh, hell yeah. Which is a wonderful, um, uh, radical, um, imperfect manifesto, but um, I'll pick out some of my highlights 
Um, the sort of subtitles are um, a green industrial revolution, rebuild our public services, yeah. tackle poverty and inequality, the final say on Brexit, a new internationalism. I actually haven't read that last section, so I'm not 100% sure what that's about. But I'll just look at rebuild our public services just to start with. I mean, even already, just those, just those like uh, those section headlines, yeah. are just so yeah. much more bold than most labor and labor adjacent parties are actually putting out as platforms lately. Cannot imagine the Democrats having that as their. I mean, Democrats aren't even a labor adjacent party; they're nothing. I know. We only have two, so I have to pick the one that's yeah. closest. I know. <laughs> there is a commitment to creating a four-day working week. Oh uh, yes. Um, oh. There is. Um, Abolition of tuition fees. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there is scrapping of universal credit, um, which is a manifesto guarantee from the Tories is to keep building universal credit, which will, is, like, at this point, a, so- a social murder machine. So that's um, bad. But the Labour one is good. What is universal credit? It's basically like a replacement for um, sort of job seekers' allowance and that sort of thing, like um, welfare. Okay. But it's been like super harmful. So there's a really good uh, Ken Loach film called I Daniel Blake, which looks at like just like the brutality of it. But it's all it's all it's it's like a bunch of means testing, basically. Yeah, means testing and then bureaucracy on bureaucracy, like, and it's it's just like really okay. punishing. Like the the judges for it are like mm. atrocious. I'm gonna skip past because I'm really uninterested in what the border security thing is because I know it's gonna be bad <laughs> mm-hmm. um, for labour. Tackle poverty and inequality. So there's a lot of uh, ending precarious work. Zero hours contracts will be scrapped. Um, a pilot of universal basic income. Fuck yeah. Oh. A ministry for employment rights will be established. Fuck oh, yeah. Oh, hell yes. I think it's it'll be mandatory for all boards to have at least one worker elected um, worker on every board. Which, like, it's, ins- it's um, bonkers that that is not currently the case. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, strengthen and enforce trade unions' right of entry to workplaces to organise, meet and represent their Fuck members yes. and to recruit. Ban union busting, strength, strengthen protection of trade union yes. representatives against unfair dismissal on union members from intimidation, harassment, threats and blacklisting. Fuck yeah. Hell yes. Uh, simplify the law le- around union recognition. Give uni- union reps adequate time off for union duties. So there's going to be a workers' protection agency established, a real living wage... I, like it's it's worth a read. Um, it's labour.org.uk slash manifesto. Yeah, I'm looking at some of it right now, just along with you, and this is like the NDP fucking wishes. <laughs> and like the yeah. NDP put out like one of the bolder platforms that they've put out as long as I've been alive, and it still like pales in comparison yeah. to some of this. It's it's phenomenal, and obviously like it's been pretty distressing to see people just basically be like, better things aren't possible mm-hmm. all week since the launch of the manifesto, and people have been like, well you know, where's the money going to come from? But, like, Jeremy Corbyn and, like, Joe Swinson and all the other, like, non-Tory votes that you can make have all basically been, like, there needs to be borrowing. So it's not even a situation where, like, uh, he's making up, like, a thing. Like, this manifesto is costed. Yeah. The Tory manifesto isn't costed. The Lib Dem manifesto is The Tory costed. manifestos are never fucking costed. Like, this is the same thing. It was the same thing in the Alberta election last year. Like, they had, they had, did not release a costed platform before the election. And then it turns out that every single thing they said was just a blatant lie. And they inherited, like, a very good financial position from the NDP government that preceded them. And they, cons- they proceeded to cut back all the corporate taxes and then suddenly crow that they don't have the budget to pay for social services. So, you know, mm. the standard Tory move. Hmm. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, where's all the money going to come from? Probably from those cor- corporate tax cuts that you just made, that we all mm-hmm. watched you make. Yeah. Well, everyone knows social services are the most expensive part of government. Mm-hmm. So you have to cut them first. Yeah. I don't have a link to this in the doc, but um, Alan Moore wrote, like, an open letter, uh, you know, of, like, famously fucking bastardized by the right watchmen and V for Vendetta. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he starts it with, uh, here's something you don't see every day. An internet-averse anarchist announcing on social media that he'll be voting Labour in the December <laughs> elections. It's such, like, I like, can hear that in Alan Moore's voice. That's very funny. But um, he says, um, I just, I, I thought this was really interesting. Put simply, I do not believe that four more years of these rapacious, smirking, right-wing parasites will leave us with a culture, a society, or an environment in which we have the luxury of even imagining alternatives. He says, although my vote is principally against the Tories rather than for Labour, I'd observe that Labour's current manifesto is the most encouraging set of proposals that I've ever seen from any major British party. True. Uh, Though these are immensely complicated times and we are uncertain as to which course we should take, I'd say the one that steers us further away from the glaringly apparent iceberg is the safest bet. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's really how you have to think of voting in general. It's just this harm reduction, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, So... Yeah, a big week for the Labour manifesto, uh, and the, the the other parties were there too. And the leader debates began, which was our televised debates, first between Jeremy Corbyn and Boris Johnson. And then it, the uh, leadership candidates were basically individually put to questions on BBC. Right. Mm. And then there was a bunch of bullshit earlier today where um, BBC had been sharing a clip of Boris Johnson who'd been asked a question about, how can we trust you? It was from a Scottish voter, and she was like, based on all of the lies that, that you've told in your campaigning, and you're a complete failure to actually give anyone the truth, <laughs> how can we trust you? And the whole crowd like laughs and jeers and applauds the question. <laughs> but the BBC have shared a clip of that, either today or yesterday, where they've edited out the jeers, and they've made it look like he gets applauded as he says it's absolutely vital. And they've used it from a different question. So they've edited a clip. The BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation, the Public Broadcasting Corporation, have oh my uh, God. Uh, shared this clip of Boris Johnson and they've like fucking doctored it. Yeah. That's like how the, the, the like when I was talking about like the news agencies basically supporting strike breaking, um, the CBC, our national broadcaster, was one of the main people doing that. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because I literally know their head of news and I might have to give them a strong word on this. <laughs> yeah. Um, other stuff in our debate was um, Nicholas Sturgeon actually got a lot of questions. which So it was bizarre because it was in Sheffield in England and um, there was a lot of Scottish voters in the crowd and there was a bunch of bullshit on Twitter of all these stupid roast beefs. Uh, <laughs> stupid what? Sorry. Be- slagging <laughs> off roast beefs. That's what the French call the English. Okay. I love it. <laughs> um, Le roast beef. Why? Because um, they're the French. Because they eat roast beef. Okay. You are what you <laughs> eat. Um, but it was all these raging English guys being like, why is there so many Scottish people? And it was a lot of Scottish people asking questions to the English uh, candidate and to Nicholas Hood. Anyway, there was a lot of questions to her about like, well, are you even interested in this election or do you want independence? And she pretty... I think not strongly, but definitely said more or less like the priority is ending austerity first, yeah. which is encouraging to hear from like a reasonably centrist mm-hmm. party. Like, no, that's really nice it, to hear. And then she also said um, she will not prop up a Boris Johnson government. Good to hear. Nice. And um, she will not 
go into a coalition with him, which is something that Joe Swinson, leader of the Lib Dems, completely failed to rule out. Yeah. He didn't, didn't he, then they, then they completely say that they weren't going to enter a coalition with Jeremy Corbyn. Yes. But then didn't, didn't rule out one with the conservatives. Yeah. The Lib Dems are so fucking useless. I think they, they managed to be worse than both the liberals and the Democrats at the same time. I the liberals being the Canadian it. party, the Democrats being the American party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're a real combination of the absolute both. What else? Boris Johnson was uh, pulled up for, like, pulled up in person about some of the comments he's made in his columns and newspapers over the years and completely yeah. floundered under it, which was great to see. So shout out to a few of the questioners on there because they were phenomenal, I thought. And yeah, go Labour, baby. Election fever. <laughs> when is the election precisely again? Uh, the 9th of December. Okay. So soon. I hope. Yes, very soon. The deadline to register to vote is the 26th. So if you're listening to this before the 26th, get registered. Please. And if you're listening yeah. to the tw- on it, listening to it on the twenty sixth, holy shit! Pause this right now and do it right yes. now. Yes, unless you're in the car, in which case you should do a really, really illegal fast U-turn and mm-hmm. go towards your nearest polling place. Mm-hmm. Unless your polling place is in the same direction that you're going, in which case do two illegal U-turns. Yes. And if you're driving the Elon Musk car, you can't turn and you can't brake anyway, so you'll be there soon. <laughs> Just keep playing Celeste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'll get your reflexes up just to be ready to go. It's bonkers to me that you can't just register at your polling place. Yeah. yeah. You could do that in Canada. You could just walk in and register there on voting day. Wow, that sounds extremely fake. <laughs> I was the one who was registering people. I registered 12 people on election I day. Think... I don't think you're lying. It just sounds fake. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's so easy. Yeah. They even made, um, in, in, uh, in Oshawa, where I live, they made it so that uh, homeless people were able to vote by just putting their address as one of the centers downtown. That's good. Oh, fuck yeah. Like, so they had they had an address to work with. Yeah. There's a really interesting article. I'll try and find the link to it now, um, which is about how British uh, prisoners aren't able to vote at the moment. It's really interesting. But ba- basically, it's, it's a suggestion that uh, the whole system is basically completely busted because prisoners aren't able to vote. And um, yeah, it's in The Guardian, sorry. Um, there are no votes in prisons, and you should be able to find There that. are no votes in prisons in the UK, in the US, if you were ever a felon, you can't vote. Yeah. Which I, I just blows my mind, because, like... I mean, it's, a, it's such clear, transparent voter suppression. Yeah. Because, like, the people who are arrested at much higher rates than anyone else are, like, you know, black and indigenous people. Right. And, uh, and Hispanic people. Yeah. And those are the people they don't want voting. Right. How does that, how do you figure? It's just ridiculous that, like, the, the fact that, like, incarceration rates just are, like, going up is not, not a ringing endorsement of the prison system or the way that we treat prison and the way that we, like, let prisoners vote. You know what I mean? Like... It's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There have been no ringing endorsements of incarceration in history ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny how incarceration is going up and in general crime rates are going down. Makes mm. you think, huh? Mm. It just means we're getting so much better at um, putting people in uh, prison, which is good. Um, slavery is still legal. So, yeah, it's great. If you gave felons the right to vote, they would vote to make murder legal again. So we can't. Yeah. We can't do that. 
We can't be having that. So. They'll all vote to have motor, mo- motor, to have murder be legal because that's how voting in a plurality works, and that's how voting in general works because everything's put to referendum at every election, and we don't just elect representatives instead. Well, I mean, there are there are probably enough felons for it to be a legitimate voting block in the United States. There are more felons in the states than there are people in most countries, and they would definitely vote to make murder legal, <laughs> and they should. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I feel like to me it, it contributes to the, like, othering of of people who have been victims of the criminal, just, criminal justice system. Like, yeah. because you're no longer, like, an American citizen. You're a felon or a criminal. Yeah. Or, like, you know, you, you stop being a person and you start being a person who's done a crime of a certain yeah, blows. level. Anyway. Are we going to talk about the fact that you're Peach? I'm Peach, meant inquiry. Okay, because like this is a story that I have not been following at all. So the great thing about the impeachment inquiry right now is that, so I read today, apparently the impeachment inquiry started on September 24th. What? I was like, oh, I yeah. thought it started last week. <laughs> sure. It's because it it's because it was all closed door hearings. It was hearings. all closed door hearings, yes. So now, Until the Republicans threw a shit fit about mm-hmm. it. And now, at the request, it is public. So C-SPAN has, you know is about to get their um, platinum million subscriber plaque on YouTube. <laughs> They're getting, uh, you know, uh, C-SPAN is, is uh, almost at live blogging, doing what C-SPAN does, which is airing things live. Um, and I've been watching them kind of on and off. Um, and it's just the, the dominoes are freaking falling, my, my dudes, my gamers. Um, it's honestly, it's good to see. Like, does it feel like it's doing it? It does. It does. Because I know that this stuff is, like, it takes a while, yeah. and it's, like, slow. But, like, so the first the first two people that were um, deposed? Yeah. Whatever. The two pe- first two people that were questioned were um, Ambassador Taylor and fucking whatever. The first two people, <laughs> it started off slow, um, where it was a lot of, like, kind of circumstantial and, like, people being like, I heard this person having this conversation with this other person, mm-hmm. and... Blah, blah, blah. And so the Republicans, like, on Twitter, basically, were like, they've got nothing. And then, earlier this week, uh, Gordon Sondland, who was the ambassador to Ukraine, testified. And hotel millionaire. Is he real? God, yeah, they just, they can make anyone an ambassador, which is great, because it's just the perfect position for gross nepotism. And putting your, just giving your rich friends a free job, and also diplomatic immunity. Yeah, he he donated a million dollars to the uh, Trump campaign, I'm pretty sure. Yep, sure. So so that's how he has that position, but... um, he originally was um, called by the Republicans as a witness because he was going to be like, well, you know, I was in charge of these meetings and no, they were not quid pro quo. And mm-hmm. basically, at the last minute, we learned that he was going to be testifying something different to that. So <sighs> it was so it was so surprising that uh, Devin Nunes, actually, who was the like the Republican, um, one of the like main Republican um, council members. Like people on the panel. People on the panel, yeah. Sure. Who was um, saying... Who gave like an opening statement for it? Um, he, but he probably read the wrong opening statement because oh my god because he was like, unfortunately, you are here to be smeared today, and I'm sorry that you have to go through this. And then Gordon Sondland, like, for the rest of the day, fucking testified like, yeah, he said no quid pro quo, but he also said that in order to have this White House meeting, Zelensky needed to do this for him. Um, 
<laughs> Which is the definition. The definition. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the, that, that's in that's just straight up in the dictionary. Yeah. Next to the the phrase of quid pro quo, because as we all know, phrases are in the dictionary. Yes. Well, yeah. when they're Latin phrases, they are. So um nice. Yeah, it was it was um it was good. There was th- there's been a lot of Republican um like a lot of the the Republicans who are talking, who are, like, supposed to be questioning witnesses, are just, like, testifying themselves, basically. Like, they're like, mm-hmm. and uh, this question is for Fiona Hill. Why isn't the chairman allowing us to meet the whistleblower? It's like, <laughs> you're just trying to talk directly to Adam Schiff at this point. Um And there was a great moment that you might have seen on Twitter um, where I believe Jim Jordan, the attorney for the Republicans, said, you know... We're hearing from all these other people who are tangentially involved in one way or another, but why aren't we able to hear from the man who started it all? Why isn't the whistleblower sitting here so that we can talk to him? And um, the next uh, guy who had his five minutes of of talking said, um, well, the man who started it all is perfectly welcome to come in. Donald Trump can sit down and testify whenever he wants. And the audience was like, (laughs) (laughs) fucking got him. Got him. And like, there were people that like in the audience legitimately like laughed. Like, (laughs) oh, I would have been hooting and hollering. I would have been removed. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it was so good. Um, So there's just been like, there's been stuff like that. Um, There's been a lot of like really clear indictments of just like, yeah, this is very clearly corruption and it's exactly what it looks like. It's exactly what it looks like. Well, it's, it's the thing is just like, this is all like the kind of behavior that Trump as a business ghoul has been like re- regularly quoted yeah. and, and, and anecdotally described as doing uh-huh. in a far, just in now a far more public format. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, just, it's just him doing his business jerk stuff, but as the president. <laughs> right. And it's illegal when you're the president to do it. And it's illegal. Well, I mean, it was illegal anyway, but it's even more illegal as the president. Y- yeah. There's just been a lot of really great um, moments like that. Well, I mean, not a lot, and they're not... They're really great, like, <laughs> Democrat moments. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Know? But um, I I do not see this um, ending any way other than, than full impeachment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm? 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 I think we are all. We are all impeachment. This is now the impeachment podcast. Peach, the impeachment the <laughs> podcast is actually really nice oh but like seriously though we're peachment would be a really good yeah. podcast name fuck it would um can that be the episode that could just be the episode title oh, yeah. we're peachment we are peachment um the flavor peachment peachment colada uh, <laughs> yeah, is that anything um we'll workshop it <laughs> so the the last thing that i i last little tasty morsel that i have gotten from the uh the live hearings public hearings um are that so Devin Nunes has been um, one of the loudest kind of Republican um, defenders of Trump. And, you know, the the guy who made the opening statement about Sondland, um, where he said the wrong thing because he thought <laughs> Sondland was on their side. Um, yeah. And he has been uh, very vocal about, like, this is fine. None of this is bad. Trump is perfect. And he's an angel. And y- maybe you're just a Democrat. Um, and Lev Parnas, who was one of the Ukrainian, like, mobsters, basically, that, uh, Rudy Giuliani was, was seen with, one of the fixers, I think, is, is soon to be, uh, 
testifying that Devin Nunes himself was also <laughs> involved in meeting with Ukrainians to get dirt on Joe oh Biden. Oh, my God. So the past, like, week, I've seen people on Twitter being like, damn, like, Devin Nunes is going hard for Trump right now. I wonder what they have on him. And then now we there know. Yeah. <laughs> this. I think the thing that makes this whole thing so fucking good is that any dirt on Joe Biden is also good. Yeah. 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 It's just like, this is a win-win for it people is. who have, like, a brain yeah. and soul. And it's just, like, it's it's a lose-win for, like, the DNC. I really <laughs> hope that it does drag Joe Biden down, because, like, the, the, the reason that I think the Democrats took so long impeaching Trump was because they didn't want to look retaliatory, and they didn't want to look like, oh, they just hate him, so they're going mm. after him because they're haters. Which is exactly what it looks like now, really, because they're only going after him because it involves Joe Biden. <laughs> I mean, I guess. But it's also very clear that he did do illegal things, and it's very yeah. obvious. Um, but uh, I'm worried that Joe Biden is going to become, like, some kind of Democratic martyr or something. Because, you know, like, yeah. Trump is afraid of him. Trump went to the Ukrainians to try mm. and get him dirt on him because he's so worried about him being the president. Oh, it sucks so bad. We talk about this so often. But it's like, the only reason that Joe Biden is leading in the polls is because Joe Biden is leading in the polls. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. The only reason anyone wants Joe Biden is because they think Joe Biden's winning. Yeah. And it's so fucking stupid. It would probably make him a bit like a nostalgic figure to call back to for like an annoying moderate uh, presidential candidate. Yeah, yeah, remember the Obama days, which also sucked? Yeah. Well, let's yeah. bring those back. Yeah. And like... He wasn't the thing that made the Obama administration good. He was just also there. <laughs> he was present. Yeah, that's yeah. so true. Like, tell me one thing that he did. Everything that he did was before he was a vice president. Yeah. Yeah. And Well, I mean, that's, that's how like things like The Onion's Joe Biden came about, is because it just seemed like he was doing so little yeah. that he was just there doing goofy stuff like, you know, driving a driving a car around real fast and Barack's like what's going on right eating ice cream can't yeah. stop eating ice cream you just can't stop eating ice cream I mean mood on that point yeah but... yeah I wish he would go back to eating ice cream though yeah I wish he would just eat ice cream instead of trying to be in office every time he tries he wants to say something about um, people that aren't him or people that look exactly like him, he should eat an ice cream instead. Yeah. He should just instead eat an ice cream. When you're every time he's about to say Obama, just eat an ice cream instead. Just eat an ice cream. A whole oh, ice cream. It'd be so nice if if he would just eat an ice cream. Cause he doesn't have enough teeth to chew food properly because he's old as fuck. <laughs> his oh, he's got, falling out of his He's head. got enough teeth. He's got teeth for days. Oh yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Joe Biden really he does have a winning smile. He's got oh, yeah. a set of chompers. <laughs> He's got a winning smile in the creepy smile contest. Yes. <laughs> that is the contest in which he has won best smile. <laughs> Number one creepiest smile. Cory Booker mm -hmm. came second. <laughs> but where did Carrie Booker rank? <laughs> oh my God. Directly behind <laughs> Cory Booker in his shadow. <laughs> no, what, what actually happened is that they said, Cory, why did you come on stage twice? <laughs> We're not ranking your two smiles. You're disqualified. <laughs> Oh my God! Let's not all for, let's let's all not forget that Cory Booker has an identical not twin brother named Carrie Booker. Carrie Booker. <laughs> let's all take a moment to remember this. And his dad's name is also Carrie Booker. And his, fuck sakes! <laughs> what is his mom's name? Did we ever figure it out, or was it? I, I don't think it fit the I don't think it fit the scheme. I think I just wanted it to be Carol Booker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Karen Booker. 
Karen Booker. <laughs> so Prince Andrew uh, gave a great interview um, where sure. he said some normal things. Um, would either of you like to read this, or would you like me to read some of it to you? I would like you to read some of it to me. I want to react to it live. All right. So, so this is an article by Marina Hyde. How badly must you do your job for your own mother to fire you? Asked <laughs> Prince Andrew. So the Duke of York has been sacked. To put that into perspective, the Duke of York is wild, widely believed. To put that into perspective. Oh do you want God. me to read instead? Yes. Oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> to put that into perspective, the Duke of York is widely agreed to have done his job so abysmally that a hereditary monarchy has t- resort to a version of meritocracy. The absolute infra dig of it. <laughs> we don't know exactly what Her Majesty said to Andrew, but as a piece of placeholder dialogue, it's probably best to imagine the Queen demanding his gun and badge, then barking, you're on traffic duty, sex traffic duty. It's a perverse kind of duty. Then again, it appears to have been that way for a few decades now, but please resist the natural urge to see Prince Andrew as the true victim here. He is expected to pick up a zero hours international golfing contract and consequently will not show up in Brit- Britain's coercively massaged unemployment statistics. <laughs> So, yeah, he just gave, like, the world's most tone-deaf interview. Um, mm-hmm. And whenever, like, the Epstein stuff uh, came up, it basically just... He just, like, waved off the victims completely and said, I didn't stay there even though I stayed there. Mm-hmm. It was just, He's like, like a- absolutely amazing. He said he was dropping off his kids, so he couldn't have been there. Um, the uh, victim... Um, claimed that he was drinking heavily and sweating yeah. heavily. And he was like, well, I don't sweat because I got in an accident in the war. So couldn't be me. Yeah, he really did say that, huh? Yeah. I had my um, sweat glands removed after the war accident. <laughs> yeah, which sounds like, I don't know, could be true, but geez. The, the way to for him to have done this interview right is to have not ever visited Jeffrey Epstein in his uh-huh. life. So he was already zero for one when the interview started. Failed step one, yeah. Failed step one. And yeah, so basically he fucked up so bad that he's been removed from any royal duties in which he had, which I'm pretty sure yeah. as like the second in line for the throne, as like the not first child. Actually, not even mm-hmm. second in line, because... Yeah, no, he's pretty far down the succession, I believe. He's pretty far down, because I forgot it's um, it's the whole way down the first child's line, the first child's line, right? Yeah. Like, it, all, all of his older brother, all of his older brother's kids would have to also die, and their kids would have to die for him to be next in yeah. line. Yeah. Fine by me. I mean, fine by me. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, he's very, very far down the line, and no one really cared to see him, and everyone always kind of knew he was a weird, sweaty creep. Yeah. And mm. I just, I really just like to think about the idea of after Queen Elizabeth dying, like, people people have just been tolerating the royals functionally because Queen Elizabeth has been yeah. around for mm-hmm. longer than most people's parents have been alive. Yeah. Because she's been the yeah. ruler since, what, like, 52? Like She's 1,000 years old. Because she's 100,000 yeah. years old currently. Yeah, excuse me, she's 100,000 years old. And she, yeah, she's been the queen for 500. Yeah, so basically, like, the second she dies, nobody likes any of the other people who are next in line. No. Meghan like, Markle seems nice. Meghan Markle seems nice, but also she's, like, I understand that she's under, like, much greater media scrutiny than she's ever been in her life, but the mm-hmm. idea of saying it's hard being a royal... Like, yeah. read the fucking room, Megan. <laughs> say that to your husband, maybe. Yeah. Don't say it to the press. Do not say that to the press. Do not say that Do not say that to the country of England, which is under immense austerity at all times, while, you're, <laughs> while the family that you married into collects a paycheck for existing. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think it's different for her as well because she is an African-American. Yes. But it's still... Yeah. You can just close the computer. Like... Yeah. yeah. You don't need to. I mean, they do, also, they do also physically get followed around, but nonetheless... True. Still, she could just drink a ginger ale. Drink some chamomile tea. Have an ice cream. Have an ice cream with Joe <laughs> yes. Biden. Eat one ice cream, please. Oh, shoot, I forgot to say, um, in the, the, the public hearings about the um, impeachment inquiry, the Democrats' lawyer made his bones as a prosecutor by sending mobsters, stock swindlers, and a multi-million dollar insider, inside trader to prison. Fuck yeah. So, yeah, just basically kind of the three things that Trump is. is. That, and also like the three reasons to possibly three of the of the main reasons to possibly be against prison abolition because you just really <laughs> want to see those people suffer specifically yeah a, a stock swindler a multi-million dollar inside trader and a mobster walk into a bar and he puts him to jail and then there's no president because he's in jail hey you got him and he's and he's orange <laughs> oh um but on the on the royal stuff i feel like it's good to mention the way that this like all kind of came up mm-hmm. is that there was a woman who is an ardent monarchist who was trying to ask a question about the royal family to Jeremy Corbyn to trip him up and make him look bad in the press. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in re- and as a result of her question and her actions and the increased public scrutiny on Prince Andrew might end up destroying the monarchy entirely. <laughs> uh. Like, I think she did the worst possible job you could do as a monarchist. Yeah. And I really, really got to hand it to her for that. Yes. She really you. fucked up the monarchy, the absolute madman. <laughs> she, ac- she accidentally the whole thing. <laughs> she just accidentally the monarchy. Oh. Whoops. There go the monarchy. Ding dong, the monarchy's dead. Yay. Bye bye. <laughs> Let's get it charting again, folks. Have you guys <laughs> seen that video of Lemmy doing the Twitch Sings video, but he changes the lyrics from Ding Dong the Witch is Dead to Ding Dong Thatcher's Deed? <laughs> That's no. good. I do like it's it. It's good stuff. I just really like to think about one, the fact that. Um, Ding Dong the Witch is Dead did indeed chart the week that Margaret Thatcher died mm-hmm. yeah. and then two the fact that Chumbawamba recorded an EP 10 years before she died that they were to release the day she died and they did <laughs> they recorded it and then the day she died they released it Oh, it's a good day. It's a good day. I really just remember that Chumbawamba isn't just the tub thumping band they are also anarchists mm. it's good to remember so we have some uh, shout outs First of all, America is doing just great. Ohio lawmakers have uh, created a bill the House sent to the Senate on Wednesday that would prohibit public schools from penalizing students for work that contains religious beliefs, such as the Earth is 10,000 years old. Yeah, this is great. I do love this. I love that the Democrats have been so busy focusing on the circus race for president Mm -hmm. consistently since basically the year 2000 that they've completely ignored the lower in state houses and allowed just the complete infiltration by weird religious ghouls in every single state yeah uh even ones that would like tend to go blue have just like these full nutcase courthouses that allow bills like this to ca- to pass. It's yeah. so ridiculous. It, it, so, yeah, showing your work through Jesus. Yeah. It really does feel like one of the big, like, viral, not to be all the past decade thing again, but, like, the, the, the idea of, like, big, like, quick-breaking news stories on Huffington Post 
feels like mm-hmm. it specifically came from all of these like bat shit like state state legislation like that is just completely off the wall and just bad. Yeah, yeah, when you, when like, like things on weird laws, and it's always just, like, you know, res- obscure a religious sect who it, who controls, like, three-fifths of the city council right. put on this rule that says you're not allowed to hold hands on a Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. that's the long and short of these kind of things. And, yeah, so the idea that you can just, like, basically choose your, relig- your, your religious rules to not write to not learn the science class that you're literally in. Right. To learn reality. Yeah. To not learn reality is, yeah, very disheartening. And, like, almost makes me wish that, like, flying spaghetti monster weirdos were still around. Yeah. So that they can just kind of, like, show up there and just really make a mockery of it. I mean, that's what the Church of Satan does. That is what the Church of Satan does. Pretty consistently, which is good, but I don't know that they're in Ohio. Um, The, the, Proponents of the bill are saying that that's not what it's for. It's so that um, students can express themselves religiously just as much as they would be able to uh, express themselves in a secular way, mm-hmm. something during school hours, so that it's not just religious um, observation during uh, lunch and like recess and stuff. You can do it during class. And you know, this is this is only going to be for Christians, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the guy, like a Sikh kid, a Sikh kid going to school is still going to get told to take his turban off by at least one teacher, right? Um, and if they were to turn in work that was in any way like religious or in praise or whatever, I doubt that it would be. Like they they'd put a law in an essay and it would get them put on a watch list. Yeah, God, like that's basically how it would go. Yeah the the um the bill sponsor says that the students like who don't believe in evolution would still have to turn in work that ac- accurately reflects what is taught to them. But, for example, if they were assigned to report resign- assigned to write a report based on historic figures, they could turn in a paper on Moses or Muhammad. But, like, okay, we don't need this I mean, bill. if you want to turn in if a, a, a story on Moses or Muhammad, like, go nuts. Yeah. But, like, you're going to need to do... You. You're going to need to do more than one citation, and the most citation you're generally going to get is one Bible. Right. Yeah. It's so not, you're not going to have a very well-sourced essay, buddy. It's not. Well, hopefully it's not, that's where, like, teachers will just do the right thing. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just like, yeah. yeah, your article is poorly cited, D. Yeah, it's just, like... It's really funny that the right will often push, like, slippery slope arguments mm-hmm. for, like, any gaining of, like, public freedoms mm-hmm. of, like, people of different gender identities or different sexualities. Mm-hmm. But the real slippery slope is just the steady rightward shift of state legislatures and the steady rightward shift of, like, general government policy. Because, like, it's just, this kind of thing doesn't just end there. No. The kind of people that push these bills through are going to continue putting bills like this through because they're already in. The point of the bill is not to allow students to be able to express religiosity because that's already legally protected. Like, yeah. Yeah. The point of the bill is to put that little wedge in the door so that eventually it can be, yeah, and we should make prayer, you know, if a school wants to have prayer be mandatory, they should be able to do that. Mm. Yeah. Like... Just, like, sneakily just put that kind of thing through. I mean, we we have, like, state-funded Catholic schools in Ontario, so, like, that's already a thing that we deal with in Ontario. Yeah. Jeez. But, like, yeah, no, it's very stupid. Don't get me started about the fucking school ports. (laughs) American Christians love to protect rights that they don't, uh, that are not being threatened. Yeah. While, like, simultaneously, like, treading on any other religion. Yeah. 
very heavily. This is the thing of, like, these laws are are written to be, like, religious freedom, but it's only going to be applied in Christian cases. Yeah, it's religious supremacy. That's what they're actually going for. Yep. So, yeah, fuck this bill. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a friend who now is practicing law in Ohio, Mm -hmm. and I hope he can get into legislature at some point and, you know, make it make sense again. Yeah. It'd be real nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go that person. Yeah. Yeah, we got... Uh, another shout out to uh, to the content of last week's episode, which I was also on. Uh, Don Cherry, who got shit canned mm-hmm. from uh, the Sportsnet hockey broadcasts for mm-hmm. being a dumb old racist, <laughs> uh, has a podcast now. Welcome, Don Cherry, to the Dirtbag Left. Fuck. Um, I hope you can enjoy doing the racism on your podcast where millions of dads will not listen because they don't know what a podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that is... The, the whole thing. I don't have anything more to say about this because I don't want to talk about him anymore. I, would I just like, wanted to bring that up because it related to last week. <laughs> um, I would like to shout out to um, this news story um, that involves a furry um, because it is a this is a, a story in the Monroe News about um, a shooter uh, who uh, shot two police officers and has been has been identified. As a tenant, uh, what's his name in the apartment building near them? Uh, oh, his name? Name and shame, his name, please. Yeah. His name is Simba Lion. Okay, mm-hmm. he's forty years That's old name, and he huh? shot two policemen. <laughs> so, comrade Simba Lion, I suppose. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with what he's done so far. So far, from what's been, yeah, I don't know. It's it was during a dispute, so who knows what could could have been happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, shout out to Simba Lion. Shout out to anyone who. Decides to change their name in full to the name of a Disney character. That's a ripoff of a Japanese animated character. That's a ripoff of Hamlet. And also the last name is just the species. <laughs> well, also, like, Simba also just means lion. <laughs> His name is Moon Moon. His name is Moon Moon. Simba Lion. Simba Lion. Simba Lion. If it was a birth name, this would be a, that, that would be a name of the year candidate. Oh, yeah. We got to figure out where we're getting our name of the year news now that uh, Deadspin's gone. Oh, where's it going? Where are we gonna see it? Rest in pizza. We have to hijack name of the year. It needs to be ours. But how do they even run? How do they get that information? Census data? Like, no. Um, usually news articles, news articles, publications. Like they they try to get it from places that are public and not like private record. Mm. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I think people have submitted their friends before also. Mm. <laughs> well. Just like, my friend has a sick fucking name, and then they're like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, if... Because sometimes things are disqualified, like, halfway through the competition, because it turns out that they, like, changed their name or something like that. Oh. Mm-hmm. I hope Dr. Marijuana Pepsi qualifies this year. <laughs> is is Reality really... Winner um, her real I don't name? think Reality Winner has been on Game of, Name of the Year before, but Reality Winner is up there, and Dr. Marijuana Pepsi is who I want to see both on the ballot and to win this year. Yeah. Because her whole thing is, like... Um, she wrote a thesis on discrimination against black names in schools. Yes. Yes. Which is like fucking sick as hell. Which she knows something about. And also her name rules. That's the sickest name I've ever heard. It's a good name. It's lyrical. It's a really good name. And yeah, now she's Dr. Marijuana Pepsi, which even makes it even better as a name of the year candidate because all the ones with doctor on them are better. Yeah. That's, that's actually pretty good, um, knockoff of Dr. Pepper. (laughs) <laughs> Dr. Marijuana Pepsi instead of Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepsi. Dr. Marijuana Pepsi. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's her it's her legal name. She should be able to put it on things. Yeah. If she wants to market a she wants to mark market a health tonic. <laughs> if you want to get into old school soft drink names. <laughs> yeah. I would I would drink marijuana Pepsi mm. as long as it didn't taste like just like weed infused Pepsi in moderation. Yeah. Because that would be gross. <laughs> like the original uh, the original recipe for, for Pepsi, you mean? Yeah. Which, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure was mostly just laudanum. <laughs> it, was, it was just laudanum and codeine mm-hmm. mixed in with some ice. Back in those days, it was called hash Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> some grass pop. <laughs> All right, so that's podcast. Um, Lightbringers, who would like to go first? Uh, I can go first. I just... I was just given mine. You gifted it to me at the end there. Uh, my light bringer is my best friend became a doctor this week. Hey, Sick. congratulations. PhD. I'm very proud of him. Very cool. My light bringer is that I went to the Cheesecake Factory yesterday and I got fried zucchini and it was good because it was like little mozzarella sticks, but there's zucchini inside, but it tasted good. Hell yeah. And I <laughs> I told my boyfriend that um, half of them were cheese <laughs> inside and he, <laughs> he didn't believe me, but he kept eating it. <laughs> Because I kept being like, oh, maybe the next one will be cheese. I don't know. Then you would take a bite and be like, this one's zucchini. And I'm like, oh, you have to eat all of it. Sorry. Just eat the zucchini. Zucchini slaps That's is the true. thing. I love zucchini. It does it. When it's cooked properly. Yes. Breaded and fried zucchini did slap. The thing is, zucchini, people will always fry it in a way that it ends up just like really floppy. Mm-hmm. And you can cook zucchini in a way yeah. that it's still firm and has a bit of crisp to it. Yeah. It's just, it takes a little bit of skill. I like roasting a zucchini. Um, and also, you can you can yeah. spiralize zucchini oh. and make some really good noodles out of oh, it. Oh hell yeah! So like these these are vegan tips for my mom. Wait, am I thinking of the right thing? The... Oh no, I'm thinking of eggplant. Or is that the same thing? <laughs> Eggplant's also good that way. There's also spaghetti squash, but that's just like you just scoop out the insides and it's kind of yeah. like spaghetti. It's already spaghetti in there. Yeah. Yeah, it's already. spaghetti I would like inside. to revoke my earlier statement. I do not like zucchini, but I'm really happy that you enjoyed it. <laughs> were you thinking of something else? You were thinking. I was of thinking of eggplant. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, it's because, like, zucchini... Is zucchini even called zucchini in England? Doesn't it have a different name? I think it's courgette. It's courgette, yeah. yeah. Courgette. And, egg, and, and eggplants are... Aubergine. And aubergine are eggplants. Oh, je m'appelle courgette. <laughs> so you're really going to let the French do that to you? <laughs> <laughs> you roast beef. Yeah, roast beef. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking roast beef's over here. What do the French call Americans? Just, like, um, hot dogs? Yeah, it probably is, like, les hot dogs. Les hot dogs. That, that's a very French Canadian. I, mean, I always find this a French Canadian thing to just say English word in a French accent. But it's yeah. actually like, it's, um, I've also found that Quebec also was like very, what's the word I'm looking for here? Insecure about the fact that so many like computer words were English mm-hmm. and literally made a government agency to make French words for computer yeah. stuff. Oh my God. And this was Quebec, not France. France did it as well. They did it as well. Well, France already had a thing. France have a thing where uh, it's like called like the National Dictionary or something like that. And mm-hmm. they basically, like, when there's a new thing comes around that needs a word, instead of just assuming an Englishism of it, they... Uh, okay, so no, I, I definitely had this backwards then. It must have just been France in the first place. But yeah, uh, no, I, I find that really funny because computer yeah. is just ordinateur. And it's, it's a good way to say it to me. Yeah, I think it's nicer. And I like the idea of calling it a, a, like an ordi... Or something like that. In, mm-hmm. in oh, that's so that's much good. shorter and sweeter. Oh, what is it? After. I see. I see. My light bringer mm-hmm. is. Uh, I'm getting back on that old tip where I just recommend podcast episodes and stuff. Have you ever not done that? Oh yeah, you had a mural. Once. I have, and also last week it was just Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so I've re we've talked about the videos of Do Not Eat Zero One on this channel before. He has uh, a running video series where he builds a city in city skylines and explains like something about like development, city building, and the like. Hmm. And he oh, has wow. like cultivated a pretty good YouTube presence for himself. And he just started what he calls a podcast with slides. <laughs> uh, so it's basically it's talking, but then they have they have visual uh, imagery, and it's called "Well, There's Your Problem," and it's about engineering disasters. Oh. Uh, you can listen to it on Apple Podcasts, but I'd highly recommend just watching it on YouTube and just like putting it on a TV or something, so that you yeah. can just like look at the visuals whenever the slides change. I'm gonna do that now after this. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, there's one episode about the Hyatt Regency Hotel walkway collapse, which is like one of the largest engineering disasters in American history, because like hundreds of people died. Wow! Mm -hmm. And that one has Kate McMansion hell on it. Oh, nice! Which is uh, that's a really that's a really good one to listen to. It didn't have a name when she was on it. Now it has a name and has like a podcast on Apple Podcasts and everything. Um, and then yeah, the one that I mentioned earlier in the episode, the one about the Lake Megantic disaster, was like I think three episodes ago. And they have a running bit where they say they're going to cover um, the, what's the name? The some, Tacoma Narrows Bridge Collapse, which is like the foundational engineering disaster that you're taught in every engineering course. Oh. <laughs> um, and they say always say they're going to cover it next week, and they never do. And it's a very fun bit that I assume will run until they eventually cover it out of just like, you know, running out of shit. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, there's always new engineering disasters, mm. so I'm sure they'll they'll be fine, but... It's a really good podcast. It does get really technical sometimes, but in a way that I think is really approachable because like it allowed me to understand more about how trains operate. And as someone mm. who's really fucking into trains, that rule. <laughs> I'm just into them conceptually. I don't know shit about how they right. run, but now I know a little more, so it's nice. Yeah. Uh, and also, I want to double up and mention the Alberta Advantage podcast again. Uh, the episode that I mentioned earlier... Uh, when talking about oil propaganda, is oil propaganda breakdown enough is enough, where they essentially, they watch a video put out by an oil industry, uh, like an oil company, about how, like, the oil sector in Canada is oppressed and under attack. <coughs> and then they essentially, they break it down visually, like, the visuals of the video, which we don't have in front of us for, like, watching it, and then also just everything they say in the video, and they just, they break down the propaganda piece by piece and explain, like, what it's doing and what it's trying to do, and then the realities of the situation that are being described in the video. It's really, really good stuff, and, uh... Alberta Advantage is definitely one of the best podcasts to listen to for, um, well, it's like, it's, it's very, um, Alberta, Western Canada focused, but just generally good ruminations on, uh, on leftist theory, labor theory, and, um, and labor relations and propaganda in general. Cool. Nice. Oh, um, before we wrap up, um, Schaup, um, Alex Schaup, uh, commented in the chat, uh, while we were recording it, the thing about the Tesla um, cy cyber truck, which we didn't even talk about that it's fucking called the cyber truck. It is <laughs> called the cyber truck. In the demonstration, apparently the hammer was not used on the windows. It was used on the door uh, and they threw a ball at the windows, which got shattered. it right. Yes, <laughs> that is that is how it was. OK, like a, ch a bouncing child's ball could destroy this entire. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Oh, I forgot to add uh, in the labor manifesto. There is also free broadband. For Fuck Sick. yeah. Yeah. A public good. Um, I guess we could also we could also take this this point as we're starting to wrap up to say that we are taking December off. Yes, we are. The podcast is taking a break for December. We um, scheduling has been tough in general, um, but always gets tougher around the holiday season, both for editing and for actually being on the show. Given the UK elections coming up, we could probably still do something for that. 
but just like with the non like without the actual podcast framework around it, it would just be a special covering that election. Mm -hmm. And then we're also going to do our usual predictions episode at the end of the year. So these are just some bonus things that are going to come on, but no regular episodes will be scheduled for the month of December. Uh, we need some time to recoup and kind of just get our bearings and to see what the podcast is going to be in the new year. We might change up the schedule a little bit. We're, we're, we're looking into it. If you guys have any opinions on what we can and should do, um, honestly, we can, we'd love to hear them. Mess, hit us up on Twitter. We're probably going to become a Let's Play channel, so... Yeah, that's where all the money is now, so we're actually just going to be... Uh, we're going to do Let's Plays of Undertale once a day, every day for the year of 2020. For four hours a day. <laughs> we'll be streaming. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, first of all, we would like to thank the taxpayers for the use of their song Evil Men off of the album Cold Hearted Town for our intro, and Matt Noisemace, who happens to be... hey right here in the podcast right now for the noise space of xyz which is the website that we're on henry kissinger's pokemon going to die is hkipgtd on tumblr twitter facebook and reddit and we are your we <laughs> we are your favorite podcast um we're on your favorite podcatcher is what i meant to say but we are also your favorite podcast That's true. um we are also on Patreon, so if you donate to our Patreon any amount, every patron gets access to our bonus materials, such as pre-shows, post-shows, cut-for-time, and extended Lightbringer segments. $5 and up, patron get the special role of Comrade in our Discord and a shout-out at the end of the podcast, and $10 and up, patrons get the even specialer role of Conrad in our Discord and can listen uh, in live, as a few people are doing... Right now, yes. One, two, uh, I can't count past two, but there's a few people in here. We got three. Three. We got three in here. Oh, that's the Hello next. gamers. That's the next number after two. <laughs> um, so, um, with that being said, Matt, would you like to read off our list of five and ten dollar patrons? We'd like to thank a sexual fish tank, Alex Schaup, Alex Hoot, Ashy New, Bryant, Bryce, Burgermeister, Cadejo, Chaz Goblin, David Besser, Destryhawk, Dijonese, Florian Siegel. Hmm. Maximilian Rower, Michael Weems, uh, Nave Noel Williams, Nick Clarkson, Non-Binary with Left Beef, Paul Blart Fleshcart, Pregnant Seinfeld, PR the Disaster, Six Arm Sweater, Stephanie Ruff, Summer Geist, The Tallest Jew, Tufter McGee, Win. All right. Win kind of snuck up on me there. I would usually say and before the last one. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why I paused. All right. As we always say, memento pokemori. Memento pokemori. Bye. One bowl out of fill me up, but the milk gotta be cold enough. One bowl out of fill me up, but the milk gotta be cold enough. One bowl out of fill me up, but the milk gotta be cold enough. One bowl out of fill me up, but the milk gotta be cold enough. One bowl, one bowl, one bowl out of fill me up. One bowl, one bowl, one bowl out of fill me up. One bowl, one bowl, one bowl out of fill me up. One bowl.